Hi, I'm Anita Annabelle and you're listening to The Good Chat, a podcast with honest conversations all in the name of, well, a good chat. It was so bad what happened to me that was either end my life or just like live life. One of the biggest things I think I've learned doing from my life is life, life's about giving. It's about giving back. For a while there, we were compared to like the Hilton sisters, which is hilarious when you saw us skateboarding up at Cronulla barefoot. Hello and welcome back to The Good Chat. I am your host, Anita Annabelle. So on today's episode, I chatted to Simon Cohen from Amazon Prime's Lux Listings Sydney. We talked about the newest real estate sensation, where his love life stands now, and he reveals just how much the Copper House from the series sold for. Now, unfortunately, due to lockdown, Simon and I weren't able to record in the same room and I am recording from my computer at home. And I gotta say, it's very different from having the guys in the studio helping me. So I do apologize if the audio isn't as good as usual, um, but I do hope that you absolutely love this very short and very sweet episode. Please welcome Simon Cohen. I'm so thrilled to be having you on The Good Chat today. Um, I've seen a few episodes and I am hooked already. Amazing. Amazing. The best part for me watching as a viewer is the fact that I know where everything is because I'm from Sydney. So it's like looking in your own backyard. It's cool. Yeah. Different because it's never happened before. So let's talk about you for a little bit. But firstly, I just want to tell you when I was doing a little bit of research on you, I Googled your name. Have you ever Googled yourself before? I never listen to myself in interviews or read about myself or Google myself. Maybe because I I don't know what I'm going to find. Don't worry, there was nothing dodgy or, or shady that I found. But what I did find was there's so many Simon Coins in this world. I'm just going to tell you what I found. There's a Grammy winner, a pediatrician, a social visionary and a bodybuilder. Wow. And a, a Lux Listings star you've lived many lives bodybuilder is that something that you do uh listen i train six days a week and i look like this (laughs) so i don't think i'll ever be a bodybuilder like i can admit that well lucky for us you're on lux listings and it is such a great show it's like feeds really into that real estate porn thing which we're really craving right now so how did you become involved in this Okay, so I was approached by one of the creators of the show a year or two, uh, two years ago, probably now. And it had come after, you know, the buzz of million dollar listings and selling Sunset and at least, at least once a week saying you've got to be on a Sydney selling Sunset or you've got to be on a Sydney million dollar listings. And, you know, it, it, it always never was something real because, to be honest, we never thought it would, it would have the same caliber as it does overseas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when Deline and Gavin both decided to do it, um, we knew the three of us were very, um, very determined to only do something that was top quality and something that would portray us in the right way. And yeah. then obviously when Amazon picked it up, we were like, okay, you know, this is Amazon. It's going to be proper. We'll yeah. do it. Um And so in a nutshell, that's kind of how it happened. And it all just kind of, I mean, it feels like it happened overnight now. Do you know what I mean? But it's just like, met the guy, did a pilot. Next minute, we're meeting with the heads of Amazon. Before you know it, there's billboards everywhere. It's like, it's just kind of like that. 
I know you worked with Gavin, but how did you know Delene as well? Yeah, Gavin and I worked together and struck up a friendship. And Delene and I, I mean, we both work in the same marketplace. We've worked together for, for 12 years. Um, Delene and I have done hundreds of millions of dollars worth of deals together. We both really like each other, um, contrary to what you saw in the first teaser <laughs> ad. Um, and so, <clears throat> And so we've just known each other for a long time and really gotten along and done a lot of business together and respect each other. And so that's just kind of how we know each other. It's so cool that you can turn your business into a show because there's not many people who can say that they can do that. I've never bought a house before. So the whole concept of property buyer and real estate agent is a little bit foreign to me in terms of what the difference is. Can you explain what the major differences are between the two? Well, you've come to the right place for starters. <laughs> He's already trying to sell to me. <laughs> the difference between, I guess one represents the seller and one represents the buyer, right? So if right. you're selling your house, you've got Gavin or Deline whose job is to find all the buyers in the marketplace and get you the highest price possible, right? If you go to a buyer's job is to find you all the opportunities in the marketplace, marketed or hidden, whatever they are, and get you the lowest price possible. So we, we both represent a respected party in the process, just on opposite ends of it. Ah, oh, that makes so much sense. There are so many huge houses in the eastern suburbs. It's kind of eye-watering. And I'm kind of curious, what is the most expensive house that you've helped someone buy and why was it so expensive? Um, I can't I can't give exact details, but circa $50 million. What? Waterfront and land size is what sort of got the price tag to where it is. Sorry, did you just say $50 million? $50 million in the East today is what a lot of waterfronts are. <laughs> I'm just choked. <laughs> I know it's crazy. The Copper House, it just sold for around $40 million. And I mean, it, it wasn't a special house, let's be honest. Actually, that's one of the best things about you on this show is that you just like walk into a kitchen of a multi-million dollar mansion and you're like, this kitchen's shit. Oh, I'm real honest. Sometimes uh, it works against me, but a spade is called a spade, that's for sure. No, I think it's great. I think that's why you were chosen to do this show. And so for your own house that you're now living in, you must have been really particular about what you wanted. Um, there's there's delivery bags everywhere, so I'm not going to show you around. But, um, well, unfortunately, I live in a mini, 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 mini version of everything I buy for people. But <laughs> as a person, I'm very particular. So, yes, when I bought this place, I stripped it and fitted it out how I wanted it. I'm certainly not living in the $50 million houses I'm buying for people. I'm living vicariously through my clients. That's about it. I'm sorry. I'm really stuck on the delivery bags and why they're everywhere. Well, it's COVID. So work from home, you're going to order breakfast, lunch and dinner. You don't cook. You don't go to Woolies. I do have a beautiful kitchen, which has never been used. My oven still has, firstly, my oven's still in German and it still has all like the cardboard and, and manuals inside. This is so concerning. One, I don't go to Woolies because I'm very COVID safe. And two, I live in, in Elizabeth Bay. I have everything at my doorstep. Of course. I'm actually just around the corner from you. Well, why would you cook? I love cooking, but also I don't have enough money to order delivery, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Okay, fair enough. It's, I mean, it's very cheap <laughs> at the moment. I work in media, mate. Very different to real estate. All right. <laughs> Well, let's get you sponsored. Deliveroo, get on there. <laughs> I'd love that.
So funny. We've said Deliveroo so many times. I swear this is not a sponsor, everybody. It's just come up. I promise you. But I'm here if they want to sponsor me and back by Simon Cohen. It's my absolute pleasure. I know with my next question, you're going to be like, I can't tell you, but I'm going to ask you anyway. You know that little black book that you have? Who's someone famous in it? Good on you for trying that reverse psychology on me. It's a fantastic move. I would just say it's the who's who and that's all. We'll leave it at that. The who's who of what? Like the world? The who's who of everything. But who? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next question. Fine. I want to know when you bought your first house. I was 21. 21, I, um, I bought I bought a place off the plan in Rushcutters Bay. At the time, I even thought, wow, it was huge money for a place. Um, I ended up selling it, which is the biggest mistake I ever made. Never sell property because it doubles in value. But yeah, I was a real estate agent. I had worked hard. I'd saved enough for a deposit. Um, I think property is a brilliant way to grow your wealth and, and build up a portfolio. And so I got in, I got in super young. How did you get into real estate and where did that love of real estate come from? It's very funny, you know, cause, cause of the comment you made at the beginning, how you love it. And you know, these areas, I grew up in the North shore in St. Ives, right? Where. So did I. No way. Well, you would know, like you look a lot younger than me, but houses back then were a million <laughs> bucks. You lived in a big house, right? And so I used to get my, my dad and my mom on the weekends when I was little to drive me around Point Piper and Vaucluse so I could look at all the houses. And, you know, I, I've always had this incredible passion for, for houses, right? Yeah. Um, and I've always loved people. I, I just, I get along with people. And, you know, every career advisor and, and everyone used to, used to say, you need to get into real estate, you need to get into real estate, just because it was my passion. And I wasn't, Funnily enough, I wasn't uh, terribly academic. You would say at school, I was I was certainly not one of the people you expected to succeed, right? Yeah. Um, and so I literally just got my dream job at my dream real estate agency when I was really young. And I started off door knocking for a guy who who called me up and was like, listen, I met him at an open home. And he was like, listen, no one takes me seriously. I, um, I drive a Holden Commodore, but I'm looking for a house, right? And I said, what's your budget? And he said, $10 million. And I ended up door knocking this street in Vaucluse and I listed a house and I sold it to him for $9.8 million. He happened to be the managing director of Barclays Bank. Um, and because he didn't drive a flashy car or, or wear a flashy suit, um, no one took him seriously. Um, and so I realized at a super young age, what a phenomenal opportunity anyone has to work in this industry. And so I was like, this industry is for me. I also then learned that, that the owner of that house, I'm a client of mine 10 times over. And so the power of long-term relationships oh, in this industry. Yes. So I learned right at the beginning, this, this game was for me. Um, and I've just, I've enjoyed and, and I guess cherished every moment since you know i don't i definitely don't take what we do and who we meet and who we get to be around for granted it's also such a great lesson that you never know who you're who you're speaking to you never know where you're going to meet them in the future and you never know how your relationship's going to evolve in that time never judge anyone and never you judge anyone oh anyone yes is. big one yeah <laughs> you never, never ever know anyone. 
you know, you just, you can't judge someone for the car they drive or the suit they wear. Some of the biggest deals I've done, some of the wealthiest clients, you wouldn't know that they had anything. And that's the thing I like the most. I like that too, actually. Something that's like people who are humble, you know, who don't flaunt their wealth or whatever. I think um, I, I completely agree with you. And it's all about the person anyway. It's not about what they have. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. One thing that I'm really enjoying about this show is getting to know a lot about you and also meeting your wonderful parents who I'm so obsessed with. I absolutely want to come to Shabbat dinner. And we talk a lot about your relationships on the show. So what's your current relationship status? Are you in a relationship now? No, I'm not. And in saying that, so why did you want this aspect of your life on the show? Um, I'll say two things. One, uh, just on everything you just said, every interview we've done, every journalist is like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with your mom. I tried to explain to my mom yesterday, she's going to be more famous than I am. And she's like, I don't want to be famous. Stop she it. Really I'm is. like, listen, everyone loves you. So just embrace it. Um, secondly, <sighs> why did I do it? I think I just, I just thought, if I'm going to go on the show, I'm going to be me and I'm just going to be open to who I am and what my life is. Right. Yeah. I hate watching people who put up a facade or pretend to be something they're not. And they just put up sort of a one dimensional part about their life. Right. This show, as Delene often says to me, you can't be half pregnant. So we were all pregnant. We may as well just do it. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) We certainly didn't sit down at the beginning and my producers say to me, well, dating is going to be a huge part of this. It just kind of naturally evolved, if I'm being yeah. honest. Um, and listen, I'm single. We're all single. We all date. It's a part of our lives. And, you know, I certainly, I certainly don't regret it. it. It makes part of the show and, and I'm happy how it turned out. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the thing is, when you put your dating life on a show like that, you can sell the biggest houses and have the flashy cars, et cetera, et cetera. But we're still always just going to want to know who are you dating? Did you break up? How did you meet? And obviously not in that order. Believe it or not, we do do other things except just buy and sell houses. (gasps) Really? I thought that was your life. I know. (laughs) That's your big scoop. So you seem pretty busy And this is one thing that I was, you know, there is an episode where we see you on a date and it was, it was an interesting date. It was great. It's a shame that you're still not together. Uh, Yeah. Well, we'll have to see what happens in in future. Just said you were single. Not with her. Oh, (laughs) you can't be mysterious now. You should have been mysterious earlier on and gone, well, I'm dating people. So you seem pretty busy. How can someone get your attention? Um, Your mum will thank me later. You know, it's funny. All the people I hire um, lately are people who've, who've chased me. I think chasing's the wrong word, but, but being the purple cow sticking out, showing, showing you want something, um, whether it's a job or attention, to me, I respect that because when I want something, I, I chase it, right? Yeah. And so I think... The people who get my attention are really the people who, who, who chase in a very genuine way, if that sort of makes sense. Totally. And going back to real estate, what is one myth that you'd really like to bust right now? 
that everyone's a shark. Ah, okay. Why is that? Because there are some really genuine, beautiful people. Um, and you don't have to be a shark to be, I think, successful in this game. What do you think you need to be successful in real estate? Passionate. I think if you're passionate in any industry, you'll succeed. I often use the analogy that if you're passionate about milking cows, you could be the owner of dairy farmers, right? Whatever your passion is, you, you will succeed at. And to me, I, I, I only ever hire people or invest in people on passion, everything else you can learn. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't have that, you know, major drive for things, then I think people just have a natural ability for things, don't you think? Absolutely. And people also think this is easy. They think, well, you roll out of bed, you show a couple of houses, you do some deals. There is so much more that goes into it. Before I was a journalist, I used to work in wedding sales and I used to sell millions of dollars of weddings, but it all equaled up to millions of dollars of weddings. So I'm not sure if I could sell one $50 million house. But to be the, at the top comes with a lot of sacrifice. What kind of sacrifices do you make for this job? Well, as you saw on the show, you're on a date and you're doing a deal. You're nonstop 24 seven. Um, yeah, of course. You're literally like, a, we're not saving lives, but like a doctor or a journalist, you're on call all the time. Yeah. When there's a deal to be done, when there's a story, when there's an operation, whatever it is, you need to be, you need to be available at that time. Of course. Um, switched on, ready to go. You, you kind of go into battle and fight with people all day, every day. It's not, it's not for the faint-hearted. But how do you switch off? Because I feel like you need to at some point. I don't, unless I can go to Europe for four weeks, which, as we all know at the moment, isn't happening. Do you then really switch off if you're in Europe? I don't. That's crazy. And you've been forced to stop now because of lockdown. How do you do your job during COVID? I'm pretty much on the phone all day long. We bought a house last week, which we did through FaceTime. Um, there's a lot of just private one-on-one -on -one inspections. Mm. Um, we make the most of it. I mean, that's all you can really do, right? Of I'm not going to sit at home and cry myself to sleep. Well, I mean, you do sit at home and just eat delivery from morning, noon and night. Before um, I let you go, I am curious, if someone wants to do what you do, what advice do you have for them? So I, I think the biggest misconception, especially about being a buyer's agent, because the barriers of entry are so low, is you can just one day become a buyer's agent, right? I think what, what people use this for is experience, advice, market knowledge, and so my biggest advice to anyone wanting to get into this industry is go work for someone, learn the ropes, get the experience, get the track record. So when you do have a client, you know far more than them and they're getting what they're paying for rather than someone who knows less than what they know. That's so true. Well, thank you so much for coming on this podcast today. It has been such a delight. And also for Spruiking Deliveroo, I'm sure they're really, really happy. You know what? Deliveroo.com. It's what dreams are made of. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, who knows, I might walk past you in the street one day. Probably, except you won't even notice because your head will be down, you'll be doing a deal, you'll be typing on your phone. Who knows? Like, you won't even know that I'm there. Oh, God, you have seen me. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Honestly, this has been so much fun. And good luck with season two. Thank you so much. I really thank appreciate you. it. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. 
On next week's episode, I chat to influencer Holly Lee Liu. And if you don't believe in besties at first sight, you haven't heard Holly and I meet for the very first time. Holly and I discuss what it really means to be an influencer, why she hates when people ask her what she does all day, and why we absolutely will be watching Netflix's new show when it comes out, Byron Bays. It is such a fun listen. And if you like this chat, you can rate, follow and review and follow me on Instagram at AnitaAnnabelle underscore and at the Good Chat Pod. See you next week.